0: Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello and welcome to Engage for Success Radio and show number 367 in our weekly series. Engage for Success is a not-for-profit movement and we're the UK's leading voice on the topic of employee engagement. We're raising awareness and running events through our area networks around the country, and our topic and sector specific thought and action groups. We're developing research, publishing case studies, and shining a light on great practice. So do visit us at engageforsuccess.org to learn more, uh, and it's also where you can sign up for our weekly newsletter. And I'm Joe Moffat. I'm one of the regular hosts for today's show, and I'm MD and founder of Woodreed. Woodreed's a specialist creative agency who work with clients to help them use their brands to engage their people and create high-performing workplaces and high-performing cultures. So today's special guest, who I'm very pleased to welcome uh, to the show today, is Tim Marsh. Tim is Managing Director of Anchor and Marsh, and we'll be telling us a little bit more about that in a moment. Um, And we're going to be talking about how culture is king when it comes to safety in the workplace. And Tim's going to be sharing with us how the key lessons behind the UK's world-leading safety performance can and should, but perhaps aren't as often as they ought to be, transferred to health, well-being and mental health management in the workplace. So, so welcome to the show, Tim. Good to have you with us.
1: Oh, thank you for having me, Joel.
0: It's a pleasure. We we last met, um, I would say, BC, which is kind of before COVID. Um, we last met um, at the Health and Well-Being show, I think, didn't we, at the NEC. And that was the, the week before everything just went uh, into complete lockdown so how many of us at that point would have imagined that we would be where we are now uh, seven months later but um, anyway it's good to see you albeit um, virtually Tim so thank you for joining us but before we get into the detail of today's show could you perhaps just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself what's your professional background because you very much have a have a name in the safety uh, industry don't you
1: uh, well I I, to say really but um my my background is that uh, just finishing a PhD at uh, Manchester University, mm-hmm. um, you missed uh, Back in the early 1990s, I was looking at recruit uh, suicidal behaviour in the army, um, and uh, there was a big project going on looking at using behavioural safety in the UK construction industry, mm-hmm. and they wanted somebody who they felt might go on a construction site mm-hmm. and not look too much like uh, um, uh they they'd fallen out of a sort of a uh, an academic tree uh, and so they asked me to step in just to cover the project and I enjoyed it so much I, I stayed for the full two years it was an HSE funded project looking at behavioural safety mm-hmm. um, and towards the end we were publishing lots of papers trade papers and the phone just kept ringing for people from the commercial world particularly oil and gas and, and chemicals at the time mm-hmm. asking for behavioural safety help in, in their fields um, so obviously you, you soon uh, fall out with you Mr. Yes. Um, about The deals of how much this, the spit's going to be. And, and we all went off and formed our own consultancies. Uh-huh. I Dominic Cooper is a, a big name in the, in the field. Um, and, and so behavioral safety. Uh, once you do behavioral safety, you pretty soon learn that all the behavior is being triggered by leadership, uh, mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you, you're into safety leadership. Mm-hmm. Once you're into safety leadership, you realize that it all comes from the organizational safety culture mm-hmm. set by the top. And Excellent. once you start working on that, you realise that that's just a subset of culture.
0: Right.
1: Um. Right. So you find yourself working in organisational culture.
0: Okay. Interesting. Fascinating. And and of course, I mean, goodness me, the safety of workers. Um, clearly, you started out with construction sites, which which at the time um, had a had a horrendous reputation, I, I imagine, didn't they? And that that has improved considerably in the last twenty years, hasn't it?
1: It, it has improved considerably but it's still not particularly good, not as good as um a good you war. know right. during during things like the iraq war there were there were a lot of speakers making the point that we were killing more uk construction workers than we were killing soldiers
0: Goodness even me. though there was
1: a, a war going on technically. really
0: really yeah. oh, gosh okay so so safety of workers it's a it's an issue which we've had with us for a very long time um we are making we are making progress but clearly we're not we're not we haven't The job is not done. Um, But let's talk, before we talk particularly about today's topic, can we just go slightly sideways and talk about COVID and the current situation and the impact that you've seen on, on workplaces? Because obviously we're talking here about making workplaces safe either for people to return to or making workplaces safe for uh, particularly key workers who have had no choice other than to stay at their posts and continue to work to keep the rest of us uh, fit and well or fed or whatever it might be. So so what's your take on the last seven months from a perspective of COVID and workers' safety, Tim?
1: Well, it's it's very difficult to say because organisations have gone into lockdown. And there's very little happening in, in the way of safety work. As we're doing quite a lot of online training mm-hmm. um, and the occasional accident uh, investigation. But really, everybody's gone into lockdown and, and we're not doing uh, anywhere near the work, amount of work that we would normally be doing. So I'm not really seeing what's going on. It's all anecdotal. Right. Uh, really. Uh, right. And, and you know, what, what we're finding, of course, is like everybody else is finding stress levels have gone through the roof for lots of people Mm -hmm. Uh, stress levels have gone the other way completely for for lots of others Mm -hmm. so people who like being at home um, uh, are getting a lot done and and are really enjoying it and the the trouble with that is that they're not going to want to go back Mm -hmm. Um, and then there are people who've got bored with being at home You know, they've they've done all the box sets, um, (laughs) walked the dog (laughs) into the ground and uh, and now they want to go back. But of course, when they go back, it's going to be a very changed workplace. Mm -hmm. Um, So even those people who like routine and who like a a regular lifestyle, they're going to find that things are very different. So that's stressful. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, what they're going back to is is a financial crisis, which means a lot of pressure, uh, lean work and lots Mm -hmm. of job insecurity. Mm So you know add that to the tsunami of problems coming through for my young workers which were already building up because of the, the you know the, the media generation of social media generation of, of young people getting ever more stressed um we're going to have some fun really i think
0: yeah so i mean it's always it's um obviously a An employer's responsibility to look out for the safety of their workers it's a you know it's a it's a mandated responsibility isn't it, Um, but they're going to have to do that even if they've got to take that on board, particularly and not just from the perspective of their physical safety, but their health. They're literally their health safety but also their mental health their physical health safety but also their mental health safety too these are going to become increasingly important and um you've already made the point that this is all connected to culture it's all connected to leadership and um we, we can't really put these things into boxes but they're certainly going to come to the fore aren't they so i'm sure much of what you're going to be talking about in the next 25 minutes or so is 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 going to help inform not only safety but also just general general thoughts about Uh, leadership's responsibility to their people so it's interesting in in the information you sent us for the show Tim you you talked about and we touched on this at the opening in the opening minutes that culture is king when it comes to safety and and you're going to be sharing with us some of the key lessons behind the UK's world leading safety performance and and how we apply that to health well-being and mental health but can I just take us back a step you talk about you the uk's world leading safety performance um is, is that the case are we I, I hadn't actually appreciated that we that we were in that position so can you tell us a little bit more about that and you know how why we are perhaps
1: oh yeah yes yes we are actually um our, our accident figures are are world leading i think iceland is slightly in front of us at the moment um but but no other uh, major major country. Right. Um and 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 the reason for that is actually quite quite interesting, very personal for me actually as well. Um, it's be, uh, you know, when we talk about culture, we talk about three things. We said first thing you need is is that you fit diminishing returns with your systems, your procedures, your rules, your regulations, your training, and so on. Mm-hmm. Second thing is is a learning, uh, a learning mentality, uh, best uh, best described in Matthew Said's book, Black Box Thinking.
0: Oh, yes, um, I, I know it
1: well. I love it personally. <laughs> yeah. great, great book. Best book on safety written in 30 years, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, sec- second best, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, uh, you know, and the third thing is is transformational leadership. You know, well, you get all that above the line behavior and 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 so on, and and we're talking about things like coaching and praise and and leading by example and communicating well, so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first thing, which I just really jumped over, is you hit diminishing returns with your systems and your procedures. Um, and the UK is is an interesting case. Back in the seventies, we passed a law, the Health and Safety at Work Act. Mm-hmm. Um, 20, 25 year anniversary of oh, 35 year anniversary or oh, my mass is gone um and that was really based on the Robins report uh and what was interesting about that was that this guy had written this report an excellent report tell,
0: tell uh, us who he was sorry tell us who he
1: was uh, lord lord lord, lord Robin, um yeah. a politician formerly chair of the coal board uh-huh. but what was what was really interesting was uh, when he was chair of the coal board he over, he was in charge when Van happened
0: Right. Okay. And so yeah, yeah.
1: Hideous disaster. Yeah. And his response to that was appalling. Uh, it was absolutely disgraceful the way that he behaved and the way that he allowed his organisation to behave afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he made Mother, he made um, Theresa May's response to Grenfell Tower look, you know, like, look like Mother Theresa, which is absolutely, <laughs> absolutely awful. Um and. It's quite possible that his guilt informed in his his work, which informed the Health and Safety at Work Act, which really underpins an awful lot about what is about but what is right. Um and what we haven't got is is that really applied to stress and mental health very well.
0: Right. Because you know, if I remember rightly, I've seen I've seen documentaries about Abba Van for, for some people who are listening and maybe are, are unaware because we have we have listeners from overseas, it was a a, a dreadful um well industrial accident that actually impacted on a, a whole community and wiped out a generation of school children almost in a in a Welsh mining village, wasn't it? And the, the challenges of the coal board in terms of it trying to lay blame afterwards was they they basically refused to accept any responsibility or even to say sorry for what was negligent I think I don't think I'm saying anything out of turn there am
1: I uh no no, no not not at all and um yeah the uh the, there's a small section in, in uh, Bill Bryson he's just retired isn't he the great travel writer oh yes okay. his latest book I think it's called Tales from Little Dribbling um and he, he dedicates two two pages um to to Abervan and and to the uh, to the behaviour of the coal board, uh, completely uh, uh, completely taken from an article I wrote, really, um, oh. which I'm really proud about. He doesn't actually he doesn't actually credit his sources in any of his books. That's a bit that's a bit off. Well, he doesn't it? credit he doesn't credit anybody, Joe. Oh, so okay. that's fine. But that's I'm, all right, I'm, I'm a big fan, so I was really chuffed anyway. <laughs> so you you let it
0: off. okay? So so the so uh, Robins um, went on to become a politician and and. Um, kind of almost we, we like to think saw the error of his ways and um, decided to, to get involved in actually putting a legislative framework in place which is what is the health and safety at work act Then,
1: well can't can't second guess his mentality or his mindset but he he was appalling about ABAVAN and he wrote a really good report <laughs> right so what happened
0: yes yeah, so something happened yeah. clearly something happened
1: okay yeah. so
0: so do you think that's important then do you think it Do you think you have to have some kind of legislative, legislative, I'll try and get my teeth around that, legislative framework to trigger changes in attitudes and changes in culture?
1: Well, I'd I'd hate to say that because because I'm a psychologist and I just want to talk about culture and individual differences and nudge theory and all that good stuff. Yeah. But the truth is, uh, clearly it does. Um, and one of the things we could trans if we, if we just took the health and safety at work act and applied it better with, with more stringent uh, punishments and the like to 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 health and well-being mm. we'd transform it overnight um, but we don't do that so. Right.
0: so so would you put the the um the, the cause of us being one of the world leaders in workplace safety um We've put the, the credit for that to the Health Health and Safety at Work Act being passed, though. A,
1: a, a huge amount, because let's be honest, we're pretty mediocre on almost everything else.
0: <laughs> That's a story for another day. I think. Yeah, no, OK. So, so so, that that began the process and began a change in attitudes and a change in culture. So we talked, we're, we're going to talk about the key lessons then that we can learn from our world leading safety Performance. So, so what what are those key lessons?
1: Well, I, I think that the, f- the, f- the first thing is, you know, uh, when we I mean, the absolute epicenter of really good safety um, is, the, is a simple question. It, it's two questions, really. Um, it, the first one is when things are going wrong, why is that happening? Mm-hmm. Followed by, OK, now we understand that. What are we going to do about it? Um, and having the commitments to do that properly. So you know, just to, just to double back on the whole issues of suicides and, and mental health, you know, mm. for uh, it was still a very very dangerous industry, the construction industry. Mm. But for every worker we lose to an accident, we we'll lose eight to suicide.
0: Goodness,
1: you know. And if you if you kill somebody in an accident, all hell lets loose. Mm. You know, when people kill themselves, people shrug and fetch somebody else. God, um, and it, it is, isn't it? And and until. Until we take that seriously and say, okay, what's happening here and what are we going to do about it? Um, You know, I mean, I mean, the first the first thing that we always challenge at conferences is, is of course, the question, well, you know, define define well-being, define harm. Mm. Mm. You know, because it's all very well not dropping somebody off off a scaffold or. But if you treat them so badly um, and give them such difficult working conditions. That they are in utter despair, you know. As I say, define define harm.
0: Mm, right. Yes. Absolutely. So, um, I mean, nobody. Let's go back a step and go to the sort of the what I suppose what what most people listening would think of as the the kind of core role of safety. In other words, keeping people safe at work, um, mm-hmm. not falling off the scaffolding, if you like. Um you know none of us nobody sets out to do a day's work wherever we work and whatever industry or sector we're in um nobody sets out to do a day's work expecting to either injure themselves or cause others to come to harm so how do how do things go wrong you know how do accidents in the workplace happen how do health and safety uh, issues come
1: about oh goodness that's that's a question isn't it but uh <laughs> There there is a model, actually, it's called HSG48, and it breaks it down into two things. The first one is uh, an unintentional uh, behavior or incident, and that could be caused by a simple slip. You know um i didn't mean to fall down the stairs but i did yeah um or it could be caused by poor training you don't really know what you're doing mm-hmm. and the idea is that it's unintentional you didn't mean it to happen and and, and it did yeah uh, it could be a physiological issue you know you fall asleep at the wheel um so on right. um the other side of the fence is where all the interesting fun stuff is if you're a psychologist because it's about a violation and the thing about a violation is you know that it's dangerous you know there's a risk attached and you do it anyway um now mostly that's a cultural issue and it's just to give you a really simple simple example of how how that works and how that gets triggered Mm. you know i i I don't know your relationship status at the moment joe but if if you were divorced and you were date and you were dating somebody after for a few weeks Uh and across the the table they said to you joe i've loved these last few weeks with you it's been so much fun but would they even need to finish the sentence no no, because you know full well that we all know, you know this is uh, behavioural economics, nudge thinking, we all know for a fact that everything after a but in the sentence is the meat of it. Anything before the but is uh, is so much flannel. Yeah. So in the world of safety, you know, I want this job doing safely, but by Friday means that they'll do it by Friday as safely as they can. Um, and then when yeah. it goes wrong uh, and we all end up in court, the person who said safely, but by Friday, will say, "Well, I said safely. I really explicitly said safely. I have no idea what's gone wrong." Yes. And the person on the receiving end won't be able to tell them because they won't know, right? Because it's a it's a back brain, you know, it's thinking, a coded, thinking. It's coded.
0: It's coded communication that we implicitly
1: act yeah. upon, and we get lots and lots of that. So the the famous um, the famous uh, explosion, you know, in um, in the gulf of mexico deep water horizon
0: oh yes mm-hmm. you know
1: and what what you what you had there was people going on the platform and, and asking about things that they were really comfortable with like uh lost time incidents falls, slips trips that sort of thing which they had an excellent record on
0: uh-huh.
1: um but they had all sorts of issues with a thing called a kick kickback yeah, you know, uh, which they just dis- dismissed as all oh, that'll be the bladder effect there's no such thing as the bladder effect it's it's something that somebody made up to explain readings that they're not very comfortable with uh, and they didn't didn't talk about that at all because nobody really understood it nobody challenged anything and bang um, it's it's all, it's all that little stuff about about what we lead and how we lead it and what we trigger mm-hmm. and then of course there's the individual stuff um, and there's two strands to the individual stuff, which which apply to everything we do in work. Mm-hmm. There's a thing called ABC analysis, which says that we think the antecedents, training, rules, regulations, and so on, trigger all the behaviours. But actually, it's the consequences. And consequences can be three things: so, uh, soon or de- uh, soon or delayed, certain or uncertain, positive or negative. And what you find is anything with a soon, certain, or- and positive consequence is a temptation. And if it's a temptation, it's just a head count of how many people give into it and how much risk accumulates uh, until eventually somebody gets unlucky and is in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, so things like a cream cake, jumping a traffic light, yeah. uh, a third pint when you're only allowed two, um, okay. sitting on the sofa watching a box set instead of going to the gym etc, 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 driving too fast, smoking, uh, you know, all these things, we all give in to these temptations all day, every day. And so one of the things we have got right in the world of safety is to send people out proactively asking, you know, is there anything slow, inconvenient, or uncomfortable about doing this job safely? Because we know for a fact that if the answer to that is yes, then people will be tempted to cut corners uh, and it's just a head count of how many do you know is it the you know is it Oscar Wilde said he could resist everything except temptation yes you know well, but, it sounds like you certainly yeah <laughs> Stephen Fry Stephen Fry is funny if he says what I do with temptation is like yield to it straight away saves on the faffing about <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's about right I think he speaks for a lot of people there
0: okay yeah, interesting i say okay.
1: Okay, and then there's one, one last strand, of course, which yeah. was addressed by the incredibly controversial Canadian chap, wasn't it, uh, Peterson? Is it Dan, Dan, Dan Peterson? Don Peterson? Anyway, the, the academic who, who wrote the book about risk-taking, and he, he pointed out that we like risk. As a species, we like risk. We haven't got a risk tolerance. We've got a risk appetite. Uh, and he gives the example of uh, children playing in a playground that's too safe Mm-hmm. So they modify it. They they climb over it rather than through it, or they climb around it, or they half dismantle it. Um, and you know, you you find that we actively like a little bit of risk, it just perks us up, makes the blood pump. Um, and so what we what we quickly, you know, the Health and Safety Work Act is all about the management of risk. Mm. And and safety excellence is all about the management of risk. So Formula One will be a great example. You know, we used to kill two people a year. But after Ayrton Senna, we, uh, we made a whole, whole bunch of changes, um, mostly to do with runoff areas and, and the design of the cars, etc., uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know, what, what hasn't happened is nobody slowed down. Everybody is still, you know, driving hell for leather. And there's a queue around the block to do it. Mm. Um, but we managed the risk in, risks involved in that much better than we used to.
0: Interesting. OK. Despite the fact that we like risk, so we in that situation, um, we're still they're still taking huge risks because of the vast speeds involved. But they're they're managed. Is that?
1: Yeah. And, and just to go back to the theme of your entire you know show, mm. um, two, two things that were, were really, were really key. One is that the, the leadership basically said you're world class, you're the best engineers in the world. Um, you are going to apply that knowledge and expertise to safety as, as well as to speed. And then you're going to share it. And the second thing is there was a famous explosion in, in a pit. People use it. Uh, you've seen the photo. Web, it's flames everywhere. And, oh,
0: yes, and, yes.
1: Yeah. All, all that happened was a guy lost his eyebrows because they had all the white PPE on. But when they investigated it, what they found was somebody had taken a filter out to speed up petrol flow by a tenth of a second. And you, you, might, you might think, well, why on earth would anybody do that, a tenth of a second? Well, the mm. world record for the pit stop is under two seconds. It
0: is now, isn't it? Yeah.
1: So a tenth that of that a one. second is, is an age, and they thought they were being really helpful. Yeah. Uh, and what they learned from that was the lowest member of the pit lane, the lowest mechanic in, in the pit, you have to actively involve them in all aspects of, of the job and the safety because if they don't know what they're doing, they'll go off and do something a bit daft. Um, so there was there was a really important empowerment piece that came through from that. So it was both leadership and empowerment. In the world of safety, we talk about it's not top down or bottom up; it's top down and bottom up. Uh, and Formula One was was a really good example of that. And I think I forgot to mention that in the in the whatever is it twenty eight years since Senna, mm-hmm. uh, they've yeah. only they've only yeah. lost one. So instead of about one point seven a year deaths. Mm. they're one in 28 years something mm. like that yeah it's uh,
0: fascinating isn't it i mean it used to be horrendous even before i mean if you go back to the sort of jim clark era and everything i mean the, with the, the no later than that in the 70s i mean they were they were fireballs virtually every every meeting weren't there and it was horrendous period well
1: yeah. that, that famous film isn't it uh, that came out a couple of years ago fabulous film was it called rush was it about james hunt and, yes. um,
0: and, and um and um nicky louder
1: nicky louder you know and yeah. and yeah i mean that that makes it really clear just Mm. how dangerous it was so so
0: i mean it's quite a nice little analogy isn't it F one for the whole culture piece really because it absolutely plays to your point about leadership um and 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 risk and, and managing that risk so how how do how do these how can people listening to the show take on board some of the things you're saying and apply them not only um to safety in the sense of what we consider the traditional definition of, you know, you know, less accidents and, and and that kind of thing, but but applying it more broadly to to what is so as you said at the very beginning when we talked about COVID going to be so important. This whole issue around mental health, physical well-being. Um, as, as well you know what what are the what are the kind of the key things that we that we can do to try to yes minimize errors and minimize accidents but also to allow people to be healthy and and thriving
1: well it's, uh, it's, uh, again that's quite a big question it's a huge question it's a
0: huge question and you've got you've got five minutes to
1: answer it Tim okay okay um, well I think that the lessons from safety are that, that culture is key. Um, and culture is defined really by the number of times we ask the question, why is that happening? We don't want it to happen, but it is happening. Why is it happening? And the quality of the investigation that goes with that. Mm-hmm. And now ideally, that will be proactive, not reactive.
0: And that um, could apply to either safety situations or safety incidences, or just actually process issues, general things. Why are we losing customers? Why is that happening? It's about asking the right questions, isn't it?
1: It is, and asking them in the right way, and then yeah. doing all, I mean, you know, so it' nothing new under the sun. So all the Carnegie stuff kicks in, and when, when we're talking about empowering people, that's that's hardly new, is it? No. And it's old now. Um, and but and then, much more interesting, almost, once we've understood why it's happening, what what do we do about it? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the management commitment piece comes in, because if there if there isn't a commitment to understand what will work you know, the high impact, low cost stuff and the high impact, high cost stuff that's necessary for strategy, mm. um, we're, we're struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, we live in a, in a society where, you know, we change our government every four or five years. Boards are looking at next year's dividend figures mm. and, and especially, with, especially with health, where, you know, if you, if you hurt somebody, you tend to hurt them now and there's an ambulance involved and the HSC and so on. Things like mental health, and, and you know, and we haven't even talked about health, health yet, because mm-hmm. for every person we kill in work, about a hundred will die of of a, of a work-related ill health issue. Goodness um, me! Yeah, was down the line, but but the people who were involved in creating the environment where toxins were in the atmosphere and uh, and and so on and so forth, they they long since retired. Long gone. You know? Yeah. Yep. They're, yeah. they're all playing golf together, aren't they? Yeah. So,
0: yeah. So. so it's I mean, that's that's absolutely a it's it's not just senior leadership that has to do this, um, have a commitment to this and understand the implications and um, those trade offs that you were talking about. But it's also it's also all the way down. Da- it's cascades all the way down the line, doesn't it? Line managers, people, leaders, team leaders um, cannot dilute that commitment. They have to be as they have to be as. As firmly aligned to that commitment as the as the leadership team and the board, don't they?
1: They they, they do, and I, I can see the clock ticking, Joe. So just try and sum all this up, you know. A culture is made up of the number of times people ask the question, why curiously, the quality of the what question, the, mm. qu- the number of times we ask you know, is there anything inconvenient or uncomfortable?
0: I like that question, actually. That's excellent. Yeah,
1: that's important. Yeah, and, because if the answer is yes, you've got a problem. And yeah, people will tell you, you haven't, but you will have. Well, you will have because
0: um, people will try and circumvent it, won't they? They'll you know, they just they find, a, find an easier way, um, even if it's slightly more dodgy. It comes back to that thing you were talking about in terms of risk. you I'll get away with it and I've got away with it and I've been doing it this way for months and months and months till the day you don't get away with
1: it. And the, and the really bad thing about that is, of course, the people who are the most creative and the most gung-ho are the people that we employ most readily. Mm. Because we like creative, get stuck in, get stuck on, come up with, you know, work, work rounds. We like, we like them. Yeah. For a variety of reasons, um, what we don't want is them applying that to something in, in the risk field. You know, and so to try and finish off quickly, um, then the transformational leadership piece: Are you coaching rather than criticizing? Are you, you know, are, are you praising? Uh, Sorry, are you coaching rather than telling? Praising mm-hmm. rather than criticizing. Leading by example in a good way. Communicating well. Mm-hmm. Having quality two-way dialogue, not just disseminating information. All all that good stuff. You know, it's very easy to train that and say, look, what you do to frontline supervisors. We want lots more of this. And lots less of that. But if you don't follow that up and embed it properly, uh, it's just a training course. And Mm. that's the big problem we still see in safety. People going through training courses where at the end of it, people say, thank God for that. We put everybody through the course. That's fantastic. Covered. Yeah. Happening with mental health first aiders now. They've all been on the course. They're all trained. We don't have to worry about all the massive things we're doing to people that mean, you know, um, they're going to be really quite ineffective.
0: Hmm. I think it's the, this is the fundamental challenge about all of these things, isn't it? That you, if you're not careful, they they simply become a tick box, something that we've got to do safety training, tick that box, done, put it away till six months time, got to do mental health first aiders that, yeah, we've got some of those, we've got proportion of them for X number, X number of them for however many people we employ, job done. And and they're almost all of these things are really, um, if you're not careful, Tick boxy kind of sticking plasters for things rather than actually it almost sounds to me like what you're making a plea for tim is um is to is for safety to break out of this out of this box of thinking of it in safety terms and actually apply the approach of creating a great safety culture um to the whole organization in terms of the way the business is run and the way leadership lead because the lessons are the same aren't they
1: They are. And and, and if if anybody uh, like like myself would would write a book called Organised Wellbeing, available through Routledge and uh, and on Amazon, that would be a good thing. Okay, and what a (laughs) lovely way to conclude. So (laughs) I was going to say, if there's one thing you'd like listeners to
0: take away, and it sounds to me like the answer to that would be a copy of your book. So go to Amazon now.
1: (laughs) uh, There there, there is that. I, I think Matthew Said's book really... Uh, encapsulates a lot of what I've been talking about taking the lessons he's comparing and contrasting aviation with things like the health services so yes
0: forth. yeah it's a fascinating read and I'd certainly recommend both books to our listeners today so thank you Tim thank you so much for joining us it's been a pleasure having you with us um, appreciate your patience with the technical challenges at the start of the show which our listeners will be completely oblivious to um, so thank you for joining us Tim thank you for listening to Engage for Success Radio we'll see you at the same time next week week and don't forget you can download this or stream any of our other great shows from our archive at any time so thank you and good night engage for success radio raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work